Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Friday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin in the Izzy, producer number nine. So much more than the producer. Good morning to you, Kelly, sir. Good morning. How are you? Doing just fine. Just fine. FIBA World Cup action getting underway. That pumps you up. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson playing for the Philippines, so I expect sh- uh, 60 shots a game. Should be, should be awesome to watch. It's exciting. This I, I love the pre-NFL season stuff we bet on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> last night, they brain dead. We'll talk about this game last night in a, in, a, in a second, but last night, I had an in-game plus 25 on the Falcons. First of all, like it was, it's a weird preseason thing, right? You're down 24 to nothing. Typically, like in the regular season, that would be plus 23 and a half. But right. It was, but it was plus 25, and it was like a plinko fest at the end. The yeah, Fal- where the Fal- nobody scored, right? Well, no, well yeah. it wasn't quite that. So the Falcons should have just coasted in. Instead, they go for it fourth and one deep in their own territory. They get stuffed. Steelers miss a field goal. Falcons get it back. Oh, I win it again. Strip sack. Then the Steelers go for it on fourth and long for no reason. So anyway, it gets it's, it's stupid. And by the way, then an hour later, I had the Reds in an end game, and they blow it to the Diamondbacks after taking a lead. So just like the, the nuttiness of betting some of this stuff here. Uh, as the calm before the NFL storm, we'll talk about the uh, Steelers momentarily on their side of the ball yesterday and what we can read into that. Uh, great show. Dr. Bob is here. Kelly, our uh, back-to-back physician shows Thursday and Friday. Dr. Eric Eager yesterday from Sewer Sports. Dr. Bob today. Anything you need health-wise, this is the show for you. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. This is the show for you. Uh, but it's, it's Dr. Bob's college football season win total segment today. He did release them on Wednesday to his folks over there at Dr. Bob Sports. So we'll talk about the ones that are still in play that he would still say play them. Uh, because he gave out a whole bunch. And if you were there for that, if you happen to... Uh, be down with the Dr. Bob folks, they move rapidly. Not talking about the number in terms of the games, the season win number, but the juice moves. You can't, let's put it this way, even as you're getting a text about it, you can't get there in time. (laughs) That's how quick it is. That's how quick he moves the market. Uh, But he'll be here to discuss what's still available, his week zero thoughts in college football as well. Jason Weigard from Under Cloud of Smoke, Major League Baseball, good Major League Baseball day today. Uh, day today. Paul Carr with his thoughts on the, the Premier League. Paul Carr also, uh, in his work for True Media Sports, he's down meeting with the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
I believe. Don't want to talk out of school or anything. But so he's doing big things behind the scenes as well. And then Drew Dinsick, who never joins us on a Friday, but yesterday Drew and I did our U.S. Open tennis pod, beating the book pod. And you're a uh, tennis hardo, as he likes to say. You got to listen to that. We had a great time. The draw was yesterday. I suppose we can, well, let's start with a couple of things. One, Fezzik wants to talk about college football week zero real quick. Can I give you a, a Fezzik text on college football? Yeah, sure. Week zero, let's just go off the grid here for Steve a Fezzik joins the show via text message. Via text, Steve Fezzik. <laughs> uh, he says, look, this is this is per Fezzik. He says, look to play unders in college football week zero and week kind of one-ish, but we'll, get, we'll define that in a moment. But he says, 2021, the average total was 57, 36 went under, 11 went over. I believe that adds up to 47, by the way. I think he meant 47. Um, 2022, the average total was 55.3, 26 unders, 15 overs. 2023, the average total is 54. He said, however, the clock runs after first. And now, as everybody know, as everybody knows, he believes the rule change will lower scoring by 2.8 points. Remember, we had a similar discussion with Dr. Bob last week. He says these totals are still too high after week zero and week 0.5, meaning the Thursday and Friday of week one, not the full Saturday slate, have been 22 and five to the under. And in summation, the last two years, the average total week zero and one was 56. This year, the average is 54. He believes that's an insufficient adjustment to the rules change, and the 56 in general was way too high as a preponderance of those games last two years went under. So if your instinct is to bet overs, that ain't the right instinct is what he's saying. They have have not adjusted enough to the under is his point. So uh, look to have that instinct. That's your Fezzik text of the day. They really need to put more of like, they need to have one premier game on these week zeros every year. Yeah, it's not exactly the sexiest week zero slate. It's not, they but, never, but they it's never like are. that every year. That's yeah. kind of my point. Like, they yeah. need like, at least one. Like, I mean, no, Notre Dame Navy actually feels kind of big for a it, week zero. It feels like the, the marquee matchup mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. But we're, the point being, we'll just be so happy to see live, real standings-related football that we'll, we'll be okay with it. Yes. Notre Dame, 20-and-a-half-point favorite in that game, by the way. So the U.S. Open tennis pod, Drew's going to join us here momentarily. But I want everybody to listen to the podcast because we go super deep dive into a whole bunch of stuff. But I, I'll give you my bets anyway. We'll let you listen to the podcast for Drew's. But I, mine that I ended up with, first of all, the headline from the draw yesterday, on the men's side, Boy, did they grease this for Novak Djokovic. This ended up being just such a great draw for Novak. Remember, Novak Djokovic is right now with 23 Grand Slam singles titles. That's the most ever in men's tennis. More than Rafa Nadal, more than Roger Federer. 24 is the mark set by Margaret Court on the ladies' side. So in essence, Djokovic is chasing that number with this tournament. Going for his 24th, and his quarter and his half of the draw are about as fortunate as you can get because all the other great men's tennis players and specifically men's hardcore tennis players are on the top half. So Alcaraz gets the worst of it in his Q1. He's got Zverev and Sinner, not to mention Dimitrov and others. And in Q2, it's Medvedev and it's Dimonor and it's Orkats and it's Berrettini, it's Monfils, it's Rublev, it's Hatchinov. So it's just loaded. Anyway, the point is Novak is rightfully a plus 125 short shot to win the U.S. Open. Carlitos is plus 190. Everybody else double digits. So on the men's side, I, you know, the bets that I believe have value do take place in Q2 and Q3. 
In Q2, which is the most stacked, I do believe the value is on Alex Dimonor at 12 to 1. A very quick Australian player who can get to anything. And I believe the value in Q3, which is in essence Casper Rude's quarter, if you will, I believe the value is on American Tommy Paul to win that at 7 to 1. Full disclosure, I have not made those yet because those typically come out outside of Nevada before they do here. We're just thrilled to have them. No! <laughs> we are just thrilled to have them. That's a new development here in Nevada, started with Wimbledon, that we actually have them. So I can't wait to bet those. Um, on the lady side, and this is where Drew and I, so Drew and I both agreed right off the bat, this was greased for Novak. On the lady side, I started out by saying, boy, this isn't, like if you look at Iga's quarter, which is Q1, as a whole, sh- boy, that's a tough quarter. Coco's in there. Elaine Ostapenko, Veronica Kudermatova was out of form. Petrik Vitova, Danielle freaking Collins, and Mira Andreva. So it's tough when you look at it like that. But if you break down quarter number one, and Drew was right about this, the bottom half of that quarter is where all those others reside. And Iga's got the first half of that quarter to herself, if that makes sense. So it's actually a good draw for Iga when you look at it that way. I bet her to win the tournament, number one player in the world, number one hardcourt numbers in the world. I bet her at plus 230. You can get a better number than that. And my other big bet on the ladies' side was Marketa Vondrasova to win Q3 at plus 450. That was a bet Drew and I did not talk before the podcast. We both landed on that one. Because by my hardcourt numbers, it's Eagle 1, it's Coco 2, and it's Vondrasova 3, and Vondrasova is in Pagula's quarter. But I think that's where the real value is. Vondrasova, he drew as Vondrasova in the finals against Iga, by the way. So the real bad draw was Coco's. Coco got the worst of it. She has to run through a gauntlet to even get to Iga in quarter number one. And I did put in a Novak uh, Iga parlay, if you will, at plus 525. So those are all my U.S. Open bets. Uh, we go way more into it. Drew has a whole bunch more bets. Uh, his biggest bet not mentioned thus far at the beating of the book, U.S. Open preview. We had a great time doing that yesterday. The last slam of the year, which, as you know, is sort of the gateway to football season. The final is on day one, week one, Sunday of the National Football League season. About the Steelers, real quick, let's get this in. You know, in that win, in that 24 to nothing win against the Panthers yesterday, excuse me, the Falcons yesterday, They start out with a 92-yard touchdown drive to start the game. Kenny Pickett hits Deontay Jones for 33. Keep that drive going. Next drive, oh, excuse me, later in that drive, George Pickens for 35. Second drive, good two. Steelers' defense was forced in three and outs. Good punt return. Najee Harris, 16-yard gain on a screen pass. Jalen Warren, eight-yard run. The Steelers basically led 14 to nothing less than seven minutes into the game. Defense had another three and out, and then the starters were gone. So the Steelers could not have looked better. Remember, the first two preseason games, Pickett was 9 of 11 for 112, limited action, and then last night completed all four passes for 86. And I get it, the Falcons didn't play any of their starters. But if you're the Steelers, you could not have asked for a better August. So You, the, you couldn't have all. A, yeah. a perfect passer rating for yes. Kenny Pickett the preseason? Every drive they had ended in a touchdown? Perfect. So, if you project to the AFC North numbers, it's the real question. Remember Eric Eager, Dr. Eric Eager was on with us yesterday. He said, what's the number on all four teams getting to the postseason? Well, we found one prop words. All four teams in any division was 11 to 1. Not enough. 
Thank you, Trip Tepper, for finding that. It, that that's, I think that's the one up at DraftKings. Shop around. Yeah. I, I haven't seen one that has specific Specifically, divisions. Yeah, but, I have not seen But that. that's the way you'd want to bet it, yeah. Does, that, does any of this make you, I guess the question becomes, does any of this in a preseason make you feel differently about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, no, like they're a tough team. You know, like we went over bets yesterday. I do have under, I have an under on their win total. It's set at nine though. And that's, it's, it's more about the respect of that I have for every other team in this division. I don't think the Steelers are going to be bad. I don't think an eight, I don't think an eight and nine season or a seven and 10 season is a bad season in that division. It's just at some point, not every one of these teams can win double digit games. Bengals and Ravens at 10 and a half. Browns at nine and a half season wins. Steelers at eight and a half. Closest from top to bottom any division in all of football. Steelers win the NFC, they'd be a great team. If they were in the <laughs> NFC, they'd be a great team. Right now, they might be the best last place team in all of football. Maybe they're hoping for more. I know they're hoping for more. They might get more. Drew Densick on the other side. Numbers game. Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VSIN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month. It'll help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with picks from every on air host, team specific preseason analysis, how to use VSIN betting splits, and football contest strategies. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our football season special to get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $199 United States dollars. Sign up today at VSIN.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander, Drew Dinsick hanging with us from the Deep Dive and NBC Sports Bet the Edge podcast. Uh, Drew, first of all, do you, are you in Circa Millions or Survivor this year or any contest? Coming through uh, NFL Week 1 to um, uh, to square last year <laughs> and to uh, sign up for this year. So uh, right in the uh, right at the wire, I'll be in uh, Millions. I'm going to skip Survivor this year. You're going to skip Survivor. What do you mean square last year? Did you win some? What, is, did you win yeah, money? Yeah, I get that. I was a I was a booby prize winner for quarter four. Oh, I didn't. I don't think I know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> it was it was a it was a crazy learning experience, and I mean, I don't want to give away like all the goods here, but like going for the booby prize was like eye opening. I'm going to have a dedicated uh, a dedicated entry that's specifically trying to scoop those quarter and wow. full season booby prizes. Because because guess what? If and I'm uh, sorry to be spilling this. If anyone's mad at me, apologies. If you don't get your picks in one week, you are not eligible, which means that like right. you're literally competing against one fiftieth of the field. Um, and so it's just it's just a different, entirely different concept. Same with like the low hanging fruit picks, you know, the ones that 70 percent of the pool has because, oh, the, the number came out and now we know the quarterback's not mm -hmm. playing like those are autos or the booby. But in the and the main pool, you have to be a little bit more strategic about am I taking this? Because like those are not a hundred percent gonna hit. And if 70, 80 percent of the pool has them, you you know, you sometimes you need to look for high leverage opportunities to go against those. So pro tip of the um, hour, it's, Kelly. It's interesting. Pro tips of the hour right there. How to how to get how to get yourself a booby, quarter or full. Good for you, Drew. How much did you win, by the way? I I ended up splitting fourth quarter and it was like twelve twelve five I think right. but uh, obviously cool. that pays for contests so yes, I'd be happy to happy to happy to have it yeah it do all right let me ask you because it is football the the calm before the storm you and I talked about this little off air yesterday while we were doing the tennis podcast but just a a off this is, this is a real pro tip the plus EV move with the spouse of the uh, spouse of the girlfriend is what <laughs> yeah I, okay so I mean there's a lot of people who are super hardcore college football 
players and this is not for you <laughs> if you are if you are like me and you care about the nfl and you could not uh you can't really get your pulse going with uh, college football week one um then what you do is you know you do a little recon in june july figure out what the what you know where the wind is blowing in terms of the wife's preferences for you know a nice long weekend at the end of summer you want know, mountains you want know, to go to hawaii you know, wine country yeah you, know, you just kind of get a sense of where the wind is blowing uh, and you set up uh you set up a, a solid getaway for labor day weekend four or five day weekend whatever you can uh, squeeze um and then uh, that gets you the uh, the brownie points you need to uh to really kind of lean into the start of the nfl season uh because you know it's going to be a lot of sundays where i'm just not available it turns out in the month of september and october yeah. so sorry about that you're like spa new mexico sure <laughs> <laughs> All right, we talked about uh, betting the Steelers by proxy for NFL Coach of the Year with with Mike Tomlin. What other awards? Well, what awards have you bet this year in total? Yes, so that one's definitely my favorite. Um, I got in at that at thirty to one to start with, and it's been bet down into the teens, I think, which is still a value again because, like, I feel like it's highly correlated with Steelers North price, which is much much shorter. Um, I think. Um, Next favorite, uh, or at least another insane long shot that we talked about a long time ago. Um, I have long shot prices on the Jags to win uh, at AFC and Super Bowl. Um, that's pretty straightforward in that I think the market is a little light on and their chances to get the one seed. Um, AFC is super crowded, and uh, the, all of the leverage in AFC Championship this year is getting the one seed, in my opinion. And so any kind of long shot that you think has a realistic shot to steal that seed uh, and get uh, you know a, a, a buy uh, and home field in a very crowded AFC, I think is worth a grab. And so um, you know Jaguars are were a little bit a uh, little bit low there, so I'm I'm on some Jags. Um, the uh, awards markets, I didn't I've not played any MVP. Um, I think ultimately it's tough to beat uh, um, Pat Mahomes in that market, um, but I see the MVP as a six man race. Um, I realistically do not think that there is more than a 2% chance that anyone besides Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hertz, Herbert, or Lawrence can win the MVP this year. I'm sorry, or Fields. Did I say Fields? Yeah, Fields is number six. Fields oh. is number six for me. Lamar, I'm out on Lamar. I'm out on the uh, the Ravens from a team winning standpoint. I'm out on Tua from a, you know, from a... Uh, injury potential standpoint, I'm out on uh, you know Dak from a actual output standpoint, and then I think everybody else just too much good needs to go right uh, to, to beat some of these uh, kind of um, you know true blue guys at the top. Um, defensive player of the year, I feel very differently. I think that is a super narrow market at the very top. You know, nobody, you know, maybe there are four choices that can realistically win that one, and I'm the most heavily staked on Parsons. I think Parsons is. Um, clearly the best defensive player in the NFL. And I think overall that uh, defensive roster for the Cowboys is unbelievably deep and talented. And to combine that with Dan Quinn and, uh, you know, a, a schedule where they go up against a number of kind of minus, uh, minus offensive lines, I think Parsons is going to be, um, you know, the clear choice in the defensive player of the year market. I had Parsons uh, last I, year plus 650. It was coasting home. Coasting. It was good. And then, it was a good bet for a while. And then <laughs> you, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Bosa stealing that one was kind of insane. Um, I took uh, in the awards markets, uh, the rather than playing MVP, I swung on uh, Jalen Hurts for Offensive Player of the Year. I think you look at his statistical profile last year, and it's pretty obvious that, you know, he was on pace to set like all time, you know, uh, 
production at the quarterback position type of numbers. And that was considering the fact that they had like double digit leads in the second quarter of a lot of games. Um, and they effectively shut him down in the second half because they just didn't need him to keep throwing. Um, and then on top of that, he misses two games at the end of the season and he still has this incredible, uh, overall, you know, production. And, uh, I think now defense takes a step back schedule is a little tougher. Eagles have the best offense on paper, uh, at, at outside of the Bengals by my numbers. And so I think, um, you know, I think they're, you're talking about 30 game, 30 points every week for this Eagles team. And I think his overall statistical profile ground and air is going to support his case for offensive player of the year. I played that at 30 to one. Um, I like, uh, some of the other exotics, uh, New York jets, uh, I've been struggling for a way to find an angle to fade this team, uh, and I finally settled on uh, least points scored. Um, I got wow. this at 30, 32 to one, um, and this is basically just a bet that they have the worst offensive coordinator in football. Um, I know that a lot of people will push back <laughs> and say, "Well, Aaron Rodgers is really the offensive coordinator." Okay, well, good luck to him calling plays for the first time, I guess, because he's going to have relatively little support with Hackett uh, on the headset, and uh, you know, combine that with some questions about some of the skill position players that they've got out there, and uh, lots of questions about the offensive line, and I think uh, you know, combine that with a really, really difficult defensive schedule, particularly to start the season, and I, uh, uh, I kind of like the opportunity to uh, to have a, a low scoring output for this New York Jets team, even though I wow. don't d at all, you know, that this is a top two defense in the NFL by my numbers. And so, um, you know, they're still going to be in all these games, but these are more like 20 to 17 type of games. than I think, uh, you know, Jets consistently getting into the twenties and, um, you know, Hackett, uh, is, he brings minus EV in ways that is, is difficult to quantify because there's, plays getting in late guys, you know, out of position, you know, just, just in general, um, procedural penalties that tend to move you backwards. All of that to me just spells, uh, trouble for a jets team. That's going to try to figure it out on the fly against a really challenging schedule. So, wow. uh, jets fuse points scored is uh, sort of the other wild, weird outlier Six. position I've taken. Yeah. And actually I, I apologize. Best bet I got on that was plus 56-41. Yeah, so, I was going to say 60-1 uh, to one 60 is what we're saying. Yeah, 60-1 yeah, to one on that. Yeah, that would be your most controversial take, I think, of, of all of them. The, the Jets 60-1 to one for fewest points. Um, by the way, uh, Kelly, look into it. If they score the least points, does he still catch? Uh, if they score the fewest points, does he still catch least <laughs> points? We have to check on that. Um, one follow-up to the Justin. There we go. It's actually called lowest score team. Yeah. Lowest score team. There you go. Um, no one likes an English teacher, by the way. I should point that out to everybody. <laughs> The Justin Fields MVP thing. What's the threshold for the Bears? Playoffs or division? Like, what must no, they do? The, uh, 12 wins. 12 wins. Yeah, so basically 0%. So do you, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I feel like that's the price in the market that makes the least amount of sense to me. Um, you, you think he's going to take a step forward this year? You love the weapons he's got? You think the protection is going to be better? Okay. Hey, they're not winning 12 games. He's oh, not, so, they're not getting. They're not getting the top two seed in the NFC. I don't so, think. So just to clarify, you didn't make that bet, but you're saying oh, there's there's six or seven paths to MVP. He has a path, but you don't think it's happening. 
Oh, I'm I'm out on Fields entirely. Oh, okay. All right. I just yeah, wanted no, to clarify no. that. No, I like I like uh, I like uh, Jalen Hurts for uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Is that's the only quarterback uh, quarterback stake I have? All right, because I thought you said uh, didn't you say Fields it as one of your MVP candidates at twenty to one? I thought you said. Oh, my bad. Okay. I, I misspoke. Then he's not in the six. Okay. The six uh, six guys is is does not include Fields. Just wanted to make that clear because you gave six and then you threw in Fields and we're like, wait a minute, who gets the? Draft? All right, so we're not we're clear on that. Right. I wanted to make sure I had Hertz in the yeah. mix because Hertz is in the mix. That was great, Drew. Appreciate all those bets. Good luck, man, and good luck uh, taking the uh, wife wherever you need to take her. Thank you, Drew. You bet, guys. Best of luck. Drew Dinsick. Paul Carr on the other side. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Legendary sports better Billy Walters recently sat down with Brett Musburger to discuss his new book, Gambler Secrets from a Life at Risk. Now, for a limited time, get a free copy of Billy Walters' new book when you become a VEASAN Pro annual subscriber. Just sign up on a new VEASAN Pro annual subscription today and use promo code BILLY. Get an entire year of VEASAN Pro access to our daily best bets, season prep betting guides, 24-7 video, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits. Remember to use promo code BILLY when you sign up for a VEASAN Pro annual subscription to get your free copy of the book. Copies limited, so sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe today. When you type that in, by the way, you don't have to, like, scream BILLY. You just type it in quietly. I don't know why I said Billy. I scream everything I type. You do. You, (laughs) Kelly Bidlin, ladies and gentlemen, the most aggressive typer one could ever meet. Keyboard shattered. Yeah. Heavy-handed. That is true. Dr. Bob joins us for another segment. Uh, Bob, any week zero or week one thoughts, sir? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have anything that you know, any bets I'm having for week zero. But on my free analysis page, a lot of the listeners are, are, are privy to this. I mean, there's a. There's, a, there's analysis on my site that's free. And in the NFL, the detail is, is really extreme. In college, I try to write up as many games as I can, but I put predicted scores on every game that I'm not releasing to clients, which is a lot. Now, the leans, which are games that are four points difference or more from the line that I put on there, leans over since 2013 are 856, 702, and 31. Like, people sit there waiting for me to post a game. I can see the line move sometimes. Um, so I have one lean in that San Diego State. Uh, when I put it up, it was minus two. It's minus two and a half now over Ohio. So uh, if you want to dip your toe into the water in week one, that's the only thing I think has enough value to be you know, better than the 52.4% you know, win percentage threshold. So San Diego State minus two and a half over Ohio, I think, is a, is a pretty and then, and then next week you had something also? Yeah, I bet the under in the Alabama Middle Tennessee game. I bet under fifty four and a half. That's gone down to fifty three and a half. Um, but you know, here's the thing with Alabama: so they don't have a quarterback. But you know, let's say Milroy, Milroy plays and Buckner might play. And Milroy, his, his strength is he's a really strong running quarterback. I mean, both these guys have completed fifty six point seven percent of their career passes. So I'm not expecting a lot in the passing game. And I don't think they're going to let these guys run around. You know, like, hey, why don't you take off ten times, which is Milroy's strength is taking off and running, but why do you want to subject either of these guys to injury in a game you should win by just playing defense? So Alabama likely just pretty, play pretty conservatively, let the running backs do the work, don't throw a lot, don't make mistakes. You know, but Middle Tennessee has a strong run defense. I mean, last year they allowed 4.3 yards per rushing play. That worked out to be better than average on a national scale, and they have – you know, a lot of their defensive front back this year, so I think Middle Tennessee is going to be solid against the run this year. So if Alabama runs the ball, the clock's going to run. They're not, you know, I saw them scoring 40-something points, but their defense, Middle Tennessee's offense is terrible. So they're, in Alabama, when they're huge favorites, 30 points or more, more than half the time they give up seven points or less. And nearly half the time, 23 out of 51 times is a favorite of 31, they've given up three or less. 
So Saban doesn't like teams to score in his defense, even if they're cream puffs. Just, you know, they put their backups in, and they're better than the other team's starters. So I don't think Middle Tennessee is going to score more than a touchdown, and Alabama is going to play conservatively on offense. And why would you why would you show a lot of your offense with Texas coming up next week? So I think that's a good under. Uh, I, I thought 54, uh, 54 or more was where I would release it at as a play, and it's 53.5. But there's still value under 53.5 if, if you want to nibble on the Alabama Middle Tennessee under. Okay, let's resume with the season win totals. Before you launch into your thoughts on Central Michigan, which is an under, uh, excuse me, which is a which is a uh, over. Pardon me on Central Michigan. Am I correct on that? Yes, over on Central Michigan. Uh, I made a I, I made a comment yesterday to begin the show. I was going through a bunch of like sports betting PSAs, and one of them was about you and how the numbers move. Obviously, the juice moves very quickly when you release them. But I said an, a, a a way to bet these by proxy is to look at a week zero line on Central Michigan and say, oh, wait a minute, but they're they're still about 15-point dogs or 14-and-a-half in some cases. Maybe that's the way to play them because they don't move in the game-to-game market. Is that correct? Would you co-sign on that? Well, historically, my win totals do really well against the number, especially the first four weeks of the season. Um, yeah, in this particular case, God, I hope they beat Michigan State but there's some things favoring Michigan State. I, uh, you know, non-conference home, big home favorites tend to do well in, in in the first game of the season. There's some stuff that, you know, that sort of favors Michigan State from a technical perspective. So I, in this case, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it. But I think there is value there, a little bit of value on 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 uh, Central Michigan getting 14 and a half, but not enough for uh, for me to bet it. Okay, Central Michigan over five and a half. What do you like there? Why? Um, yeah, here's a case where this is an interesting team because they had a veteran quarterback coming back last year, Daniel Richardson, who's a good pocket passer, but you know not a runner. Then uh, you know the offensive line was terrible; they were turning the ball over a lot. So they, they had a young quarterback, Jose Bauer, and they have another guy named Bert Emanuel, who's just this third-string quarterback who just is a runner. And they started like fooling around having these running quarterbacks come in. So the last five games, these two young quarterbacks combined for 808 yards on the ground on 94 runs, 808 yards running in five games, 8.6 yards per run. So Richardson saw the writing on the wall. He's transferred. So Jose Bauer is probably going to be the starting quarterback here with Bert Emanuel coming off the bench and running for 10 yards to carry. I mean, that guy ran for 517 yards in three games as a spot, you know, getting packages. He wasn't even the full-time quarterback, and he ran for 517 yards. So I think Central Michigan's running game is going to be strong. They lose this guy named Lou Nichols, who, who got drafted somehow. But Lou Nichols was really banged up last year after having really two strong seasons. He only averaged 3.5 yards per run last year. So when Nichols was injured last year, the running game really blossomed because the backups, Lukes and Bailey, combined for six yards a run. Well, those are the two running backs this year because they got these two running quarterbacks. So I think the, the running game is going to be solid. You know, I don't think the defense is particularly great, but they have nine returning starters and should be better than last year. They only had four returning starters last year. And I like Coach Jim McElwain. He's had solid seasons there. The first three years he was at Central Michigan, they were 20 and 13. Last year they were minus 18 in turnovers. And they outgained their opponents, but they were 4 and 8 because they were minus 18 in turnovers. Not likely to be minus 18 in turnovers again. And that 4 and 8 would have been something like 6 and 6 last year had they not been so randomly bad on turnovers. I think they were a pretty good team last year. I think they're going to be better this year and over five and a half. Uh, I thought it was a solid play. I predict six point one wins, which when you're over five and a half plus one thirty five, that's a good bet. It's minus one oh four now. There's still some value there. 
Yeah, so, uh, minus one hundred and four so still over. playable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah By the I way, this so. is yeah. this is a remarkably insightful question I'm about to ask you. But is Bert Emanuel Bert Emanuel's kid? I'm guessing it has to be, yes. right? Yes, he is. Okay, yes, Bert Emanuel Jr. There you go. Okay, let's squeeze in one more. We got three minutes. Which one do you want to do next? Kansas. Well, let's yeah, let's do Kansas over. I have Kansas over six, and you know people look at Kansas. They were six and six last year, and they're like, wow, well, yeah, good offense, terrible defense. Well. More like elite offense. Last year they were eighth best offense in the nation on a uh, compensated yards per play basis. The defense looked bad, six and a half yards per play allowed, it's terrible. But they faced teams that would average 6.3 yards per play against an average defense. So they were just a little bit worse than average on a national scale. They should continue to improve uh, defensively. They have 10 returning starters on the offense, both quarterbacks uh, who were good last year. So the offense is going to be top 10 again most likely, and the defense is going to be better. And there's hidden value here because they were minus 12 in play differential last year. So the, the opponent ran 12 additional plays per game, which works out to like 6.5 or 7 points. Now there's a lot of variance from year to year in play differential, and a big play offense like Kansas is going to have a negative play differential, but not minus 12. They're projected to be about minus 5 in play differential this year, and that 7-play difference is worth about 3.5 points. So they're going to be three and a half points better just based on that, even if they're the, exactly the same team. And there's a lot of the values in that. But they have a lot of winnable games in the Big 12 this year. But I think the Big 12 is, is down. They've added teams that aren't going to be as good as the teams that were there last year. And, um, and they got three easy games, Missouri State, Nevada, and BYU. Five games where they'll be clear favorites, Illinois, UCF, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Cincy. Those have reasonable upset chances at home against Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. So they might get one of those. I think they're more likely to win eight games than they will to win five or less. So over six, I, I thought was a, was a good play at minus 105. It's minus 169 now. Uh, would I play now? No. But I, you know, I still think they're more likely to win eight games than five. So there you have it. All right. Let's squeeze in. Let's squeeze in. Let's ask for one more bonus. 60 second. Give me Buffalo. The case for Buffalo under. Yeah, Buffalo under six and a half. And here's, here's a case where... Um, Buffalo, two years ago, they got outgained by 1.3 yards per play, and they won, they won three games, and two of those were by one point. Last year, they got outgained by 1.2 yards per play. The exact, basically, the exact same team as the three, is a, is a three-win team from the year before, but last year, they were 6-6. Six and six. Um, They were plus 8 in turnovers, plus 12 in, you know, in play, plays per game differential. I just mentioned how plays per game is sort of a random set. A team that bad should not be plus 12 in you know, running 12 more plays than their opponents. There was a lot of luck on third-down conversions, a lot of luck in fourth-down conversions. Um, so I, I think Buffalo is probably about the same team they've been the last two years, but I think their record is going to be more like the 2021 team that was 3-8 and eight against FBS opponents than it was the lucky 6-6 six and six team from last year. And they're 6.5 the total now. It's their four-win team. I, you know, but I had to predict to win five games. So okay. I think uh, under 6.5, it's minus 215 now. But, you know, I, I think Buffalo is, is overrated. Dr. Bob, everybody. Dr. Bob Stoll at DR, at DR Bob Sports on Twitter, drbobsports.com. Thank you, Bob, as always. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Phil. Dr. Dr. Bob, everybody. Coming back with Jason Weingarter under a cloud of smoke. MLB next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.